Welcome to episode 60 of the first 40 miles. If you're new to backpacking, or if you're hopelessly in love with someone who wants you to love backpacking, then this podcast is for you. We'll talk about the essentials, how to lighten your load, and how to make the most of your time on the trail. I'm your host, Heather Legler. And I'm Josh Legler. And this is The First 40 Miles. Today on The First 40 Miles, fix the gear maintenance and repair episode. If you're scared to take your brand new gear out into the rough and wild wilderness because you think it might get damaged, have no fear. This episode is dedicated to making sure your gear stays in top form regardless of the elements. On today's top five list, you'll learn the top five things you can do when good gear goes bad. Then, the Summit Gear Review turns into the Summit Gear Hospital as we search and rescue gear that has flatlined. On the Backpack Hack of the Week, learn the critical pieces of a DIY custom repair kit. All this, and that's about it. Today, on the first 40 miles. Well, as we've talked about in past episodes, sometimes it's a little bit trickier to get out in the winter. If you're going to be hiking around, that's one thing. But backpacking in the snow and sub-freezing temperatures requires a little extra in terms of gear and insulation. Plus, it's dark, you know, for long hours. You get a few hours of sunlight and then you're in the dark all, not only for the night, but for dinner and most likely for breakfast. That can be tough. It can be challenging. But there are some really great things that you can do in the winter that will help prepare you for when backpacking season starts. Yeah, so this is the time of year where we all, you know, read stories about backpacking and we get excited and we start planning some trips. And it's also a great time to pull your gear out from storage and take a look at it and see if it needs any help. One of the things that you can do is knife sharpening and maintenance. And for a lot of knives, this means WD-40 and maybe a sharpening stone. And if your knife has been plagued with just a little bit of rust, you can take a green scouring pad not steel wool. Just take one of those green scrubbies and you can gently buff the rust off. Winter is also a great time to check the warranty on your gear. So if you've got a piece of gear that's broken, uh, go online and look it up and see what kind of warranty it came with. You might be able to get the manufacturer or the retailer to help you out with that gear. Wintertime is also a great time to pull out your backpacking clothing especially the kids' clothing, and make sure that it all fits. Because when summer comes around, you don't want to be scrambling again to get the clothing all ready. You want to have it all prepped and ready to go. We need to do that with our kids' clothing. We've got a big bin out in the garage, and it's just a big pile of mostly kids' clothes. That's right. We talked about organizing it on a past episode, and we haven't gotten around to doing that. Yeah, and so... First of all, we just need to see which of the gear still fits or which of the clothing still fits and then kind of go from there. Another thing that you can do is determine if your gear still meets your needs. About a year ago, we had a tent where the zipper just exploded. And so we had to make some choices and we ended up dividing up our family between three tents. And that was a really good choice. Um, We've had 
a great experience with the tents that we bought. And, you know, we had to determine when that tent broke if it was something worth repairing or if we were going to be able to find something else that fit our needs better. But winter is a great time to just sort through your stuff and figure out, is this really meeting my needs or my family's needs? A few weeks ago, we had a question from a listener that came in over Facebook, and he was wondering what to do for his family of five, where he has three small children, and he was wondering about the best tent setup that would take him for several years as the children started to grow. Those are the kinds of things you can think through in the wintertime and and plan for as your family changes or your situation changes. Another thing that you can do in the wintertime is just to do a once over on your gear. That means give it the sniff test, do the pocket shake out, and just air out your gear indoors or in the garage. Sometimes when things are packed away really tight or, you know, crammed in with other stuff or put away not so carefully, then you end up with things like, you know, little critters crawling into your gear and just making a mess. So, you know, if you're feeling a little bit ambitious ambitious or motivated, then get out to the garage or inside one of your closets and just give it a good airing out. Make sure that it's still in good condition. That's better than waiting until summer and pulling something out and realizing that something really bad got left in all winter. You know, you've got some rotten piece of food or something that you just never noticed it when you put it away in September. And now it's May, you're excited for Memorial Day, and this piece of gear is just destroyed. And the last idea for winter gear repair and maintenance is to make sure that your gear is solar-proofed and waterproofed. And that will extend the life of your gear by years. So now that it's the new year, what do we need to do? We, we've got to get out the kids' clothes. Yeah, that's, that's project number one because they've all grown at least a foot. We have some rain gear issues. We do. Yeah, we need to replace a few pieces of rain gear badly. Yeah, our kids for some reason love to go tromping through blackberry vines. Yeah, that's what the rain gear looks like, really. It's like they just took it out for a trip through blackberries. Mine doesn't look like that. No, mine neither, but the kids <laughs> the kids reindeer. Reindeer. <laughs> reindeer. <laughs> you can tell it's Christmas time. <laughs> yeah, the kids reindeer. <laughs> they did it again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the kids' rain gear is just destroyed. So we've got to take care of that. And we're pretty good on packs, I think. And we were really careful to put the tents away really clean and dry last fall. So I think we're good on those, too. Anything we need to fix? Nothing that I can think of. But we'll have to go through things and just kind of make sure. We'll yeah. have to do a shakedown. It is about time for a shakedown, isn't it? It really is. Yeah, that would make me feel good. we got to get out. Right after our little snow trip. Uh, We've got Martin Luther King Day coming up. We've got President's Day next month and Valentine's Day. Let's pick a date. Let's do it. Okay. So as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, this is the gear maintenance and repair episode. So we want to share with you the top five things to do when good gear goes bad. And Heather, I know you've been doing a ton of research to get ready for this episode. You've gone out and gotten lots of gear repair products. You've tested them out, done a lot of reading. So I know there's a lot of information coming up in this top five list. So the number one thing that you can do when you have a piece of gear that just isn't performing the way that you hoped it would or is just really causing some frustration is to read. 
because sometimes gear isn't necessarily faulty. It's just maybe that the learning curve is a little bit higher than what we expected. So in this case, it really helps to go through reading the instructions that came with the gear, or in some cases, and this is what I love to do, get on a backpacking forum and see if anyone else has had the same issue. Because maybe what you're experiencing is completely normal. Maybe everyone is having trouble inflating this certain pad. However, maybe it's not normal and maybe there's just some piece of information that you missed in the instructions. You know, unscrew the nozzle, a quarter turn to the left, and boom, you've got it figured out. So it really does help sometimes just to read the instructions or read what other people have written. The number two thing that you can do when good gear goes bad is to return the item. And you really have two options with the return. If you've just opened your brand new backpacking stove and there's an obvious part missing, all you need to do is take your receipt back to the store where you purchased the stove. And this really works best with recent purchases where the item has never been used or you know, you've taken it out on one trip and you realize on that trip that you've been given an item that is missing a major part, then you can take it back to the retailer. If the item has been used and you're not really sure if it's working the way it should, then go ahead and go back to the retailer with your receipt and find out. Because a lot of times at outdoor retail stores, the staff is really knowledgeable and they'll be able to tell you if that's the way it's supposed to work or if you're really missing a piece. Your other option for returns is if you've used the item, if it's still in warranty, and if you're just really having a poor experience with the item, contact the manufacturer, share your story, and of course, be very polite because poor customer service people, they talk to people all day who are angry. So if you can just be that one person who can share your story without getting frustrated and angry in a humorous and kind way, I think they'll really appreciate it. And you'll probably get better customer service. Yeah, you will. So you can either go to the retailer or the manufacturer. Uh, Both of those options are available for most pieces of gear. In episode 53, we reviewed the Luminade Packlight 16. And we mentioned that we had a problem with it where it was losing air. We could have done all kinds of things to try to patch up that leak, but the solution was simply to return it to Luminade, and they immediately sent out a replacement for us. The number three thing that you can do when good gear goes bad is to simply replace it. If you purchased a piece of gear years ago and you're just itching to try something with a few more upgrades, then maybe it's time to replace it. This is my dilemma right now with our camera. So over the past few years, I've typically purchased like the highest end super zoom point and shoot camera. So I try to get the best quality point and shoot that I can. And the reason is I want it to be really compact when I'm out on our trips. But since we've been doing this podcast and putting full screen episode images up on our website, my standards have gone up significantly. And I start seeing you know, the aberrations on the edges and the little areas that are out of focus and the graininess and all those things, they were always there. If I go back to photos that I took years ago, they have all the same problems. So it's not like my camera is failing. It's just that my standards have all of a sudden changed so much that I'm 
I'm really in this dilemma now about what to do about my camera because it's just not satisfying, you know, my standards anymore. But it's only because my standards have changed. But you're not normally the early adopter on things either. You're a pretty conservative purchaser. So like for years and years and years, you had the Coleman white gas stove. And I think just barely last year, you considered maybe getting something a little more modern. In fact, do they even sell the Coleman white gas stoves at the, boy, at any store anymore? You know, I think they might. Maybe. Yeah. It's a classic. It really, I mean, it went on all of our little camping trips and came with us on picnics. And I think when you proposed to me, you brought the Coleman white gas stove and made a little dinner. I did. Out uh, out at that park. And when you've got a classic, you can hang on to it for a really long time. And sometimes it's really hard when you get to that point where you realize that there really are some better pieces of gear now available. And maybe it is time to go ahead and and move up to that new piece of gear. It's a tricky decision, though. It really is. The number four thing to do when good gear goes bad is to repair. Sometimes, no matter how old a piece of gear is, it's been such a good friend on the trail, and it's really hard to just let it go or replace it with another piece of gear that's newer and shinier and has all the bells and whistles. Sometimes the best option is to repair it. Patagonia is really leading the charge with repair. They started up their worn wear tour. They've got this amazingly cute camper truck that they drive around the country and they repair people's used articles of clothing or gear. And they're really trying to promote this idea that don't just throw away your old Patagonia gear. If you want to upgrade to something new, great, go ahead and donate the old gear or make it somehow useful. But they're really promoting this idea of holding on to it and repairing it and keeping it alive. Yeah, that is really cool. And sometimes when you have a piece of gear that's been with you through snowstorms and rainstorms and dust storms, you really want to hold on to it because it has become like a really good friend. And just because it has a little tear or, you know, it's worn on the elbows, you don't just want to throw it out. So repair is a great option. And the number five thing you can do when good gear goes bad is to review it. So if you've had an experience with a brand or a piece of gear, share your story. It's going to help other people to make really good, informed decisions. Last year, I had a hat that I got from SmartWool, and I decided to add it to the Summit Gear Review lineup. I wasn't 100% happy with my purchase, but the really cool thing is that even though I didn't really love the hat, the customer service from SmartWool was amazing, and they made me feel like the most important person on the planet. So I felt that that aspect of the purchase was really important to share with our audience. So in your review of gear that you've purchased, it doesn't need to be necessarily a bad review. It just needs to be a 360 review, something that's honest, that tells the full story. You know, sometimes I see reviews that are like, this product stinks, and they give it two stars. Well, that doesn't tell the full story. People want to know what was the weakness or what was the strength or what was your experience with customer service? What did you try? What did you not try? You know, the full story. 
I had a really exceptional experience with Enlightened Equipment. I ordered the quilt and then probably about two months later, I called them and nobody picked up. So I just hung up because I didn't really want to leave a message. And about maybe a minute later, my phone rang and they were calling me back. Now, I hadn't left a message or anything. They just saw my number on their caller ID and called me back and said, hey, this is Enlightened Equipment. What's up? We saw you called. And I said, well, I'm, you know, missing the stuff sack that goes with the bag. And they were like, what's your address? We'll get it right out to you. And really, within a couple days, it was on my porch. And I was just astonished. I mean, I was just like this nobody calling them up. And they returned a call for a message that I didn't even leave. So I really love good customer service. And I love to talk about it when people treat their customers with respect. Yeah, that's great. So I don't know if anyone else noticed, but your top five list was all R words. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I know you planned that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sometimes my creativity goes a little wonky and I do weird stuff like that. <laughs> I don't know. So here's the recap on when good gear goes bad. First, read, and then consider return, replace, repair, and review. For today's Summit Gear Review, we are doing something different. We are taking you into the Summit Gear Hospital. So we're going to take you through five really common gear maintenance and repair issues that nearly every backpacker has had to deal with. These are really common gear fails that can either happen on the trail or while the gear is just sitting in your garage. And sometimes you think there's nothing you can do about these issues and the gear is just lost. You have to toss it. Uh, in reality, there's some great things available. And boy, Heather, you've really looked high and low for some of the solutions to these problems. Finding some of these things was so exciting because it means that, you know, a $300 sleeping bag where the zipper has completely come apart you can still save it. Or gear that has been sprayed by a feral cat is no longer a lost cause. You have hope. The first gear issue we want to cover is the horrible smell. You pull out a piece of gear and it just reeks. And I think this is the most common, which is why I wanted to cover it first. When we lived in Salt Lake City, we had a pack in our garage that just smelled awful. It was something I picked up at a garage sale, and it didn't smell so hot when I bought it. But then keeping it out in the garage where I think, you know, some city cats got in and kind of made a mess of it, it ended up smelling horrible. You can also have smell issues from spilled food. Then there's the accumulated odors that come from body odor, campfire smoke, and then the skunk. If you're unfortunate enough to run into a skunk, you may think that your gear is beyond repair. But we have a solution for you. GearAid makes a product called Mirazyme, and Mirazyme is a microbial digestant. If you're in an outdoor store, you'll see it in the GearAid section. It'll say Mirazyme Odor Eliminator, 100% natural and biodegradable. It's a little two ounce flip top container and it has these really hungry enzymes and all they want to eat is the bacteria that causes the horrible smells. 
So this is anything from body odor to skunk to mildew and pet smells. It can work on anything. And there are lots of different ways that it can be used too. You can dip your item in a solution. So you mix the odor eliminator with some water and then you dip it in and then let the item completely dry. You can also put it in your wash. So kind of like what you would use during the fabric softener cycle, you would put it in then. Or you can also put it in a spray bottle and just spray it directly on the item. And we've had phenomenal success with Mirazyme. I tell you, it will turn a piece of gear that is hopeless into something that you actually want to take with you on your next trip. The unique thing about it is that it's not just masking the odor with some other odor. It's actually this enzyme digestant. So it's actually breaking down the molecules that are causing that odor. So if you've tried Febreze and it's still not working, then try Mirazyme because Febreze masks, I don't even know what Febreze does. I think it kills your nose cells and makes it so you can't smell anything. But the Mirazyme actually eats away at the bacteria. The next issue that you might run into with inflatable gear, like a, like a sleeping pad or mattress, is that it gets punctured. It's completely deflated. At this point, it seems pretty useless. And the fix for this is to bring along the patch kit that came with your inflatable pad. You know, when you buy this really nice pad and it comes with this cute little patch kit, you think, oh, it's like an extra button on a really nice shirt. Like, I'll never use this. I'll just throw it away or I'll just keep it in this drawer where I keep all my other junk. Don't do that. Keep it in your 10 essentials, or even better, keep it in that little stuff sack that your inflatable pad came with, so it'll always be close by to your inflatable pad. Or you could make a gear repair kit that you take with you, which we will talk about at the end of the episode. Exactly. The third issue you might run into is a failed zipper. Whether it's a tent door that no longer closes, whether it's a coat or a, a nice puffy that no longer zips up. It's kind of a downer when you've got this really nice piece of gear, but the one problem is that you can't close it because of the zipper. Yeah, and I think zippers are mysterious. I don't know, something happens in that little pull that makes the teeth come together, and I think it's so cool. Zippers are just one of those things that are fun to try and figure out, especially if you have an engineering mind. And really, zippered fails are tragic because they usually happen on things that are super expensive. And so you don't want to have this nice jacket that you have to safety pin closed. You want to have a zipper that actually works. So one of the things that I found that fixes zippers is called Fix and Zip. Fix and Zip is a zipper that you can screw onto the teeth of an existing zipper. That is the best way I know how to explain it. All you do is you unscrew this kind of a knob, a small knob or dial, and slide both of the sides of the zipper into this zipper pull and then tighten the knob and it pulls the teeth together and makes it so you can use your zipper again. When I was trying to use the fix and zip, I was kind of confused as to what it really did. I thought that it was this device that you would put on your zipper that would help you to reattach or or somehow fix, you know, the original zipper slide that came 
with the, with the zipper. I didn't realize that it's actually a replacement for that zipper slide. If you've got a coat and, you know, maybe the zipper slide is still there, but when you pull it up, it doesn't actually zip the teeth together. What you're going to do is you're going to actually take off that zipper slide and throw it away. The fix and zip is going to replace the zipper slide, like, permanently. It's the new zipper slide, and it comes with uh, a little pole or tab or whatever that you can put on it. And then it's going to be there for good on that garment. Obviously, you could take it back off because it is uninstallable as well. And this works on zippers with teeth and zippers with coil, which before today you may not have even known they were different. But definitely, zippers are fascinating. After I used the Fix and Zip, I looked in my closet and I realized that many of my coats uh, have coil zippers. And then one in particular, I noticed, has teeth, a, a teeth zipper. I guess that's the way to say it, huh? A tooth zipper? <laughs> <laughs> a zipper with teeth instead of a coil. How's that? Yeah, everyone's going to be checking their zippers now. The next issue you might find with your gear that just seems fatal is abrasions. You know, it might be on the bottom of a pack where it's just been slid on some rocks or gravel too many times. Now it has a hole in it. It might be scuffs on the knees of your hiking pants, on the elbows of your shirt, a little tear in a down quilt or a sleeping bag, even some mesh that got snagged, you know, by your fingernail or your ring or something. And these abrasions just seem like death to a piece of gear. Because you know they're probably just going to get worse. You know, when a pack starts wearing on the bottom... And no matter how careful you are, you know it's just going to keep wearing and wearing and wearing. So one of the things that we found that's really helpful to prevent abrasions or to fix abrasions, it works both ways, is the Gear Aid Tenacious Tape. And it comes in different colors. But if you just want to be safe, just go with the clear repair tape. And so it works on packs, tents, sleeping bags, clothing, including technical fabrics. And not only is it better than duct tape, but the adhesive strengthens over time. It's washable. The cool thing, which I thought was amazing, is that it's removable without the adhesive ghosting. So you know how sometimes when you take a piece of adhesive off of something, you know, like a... Yeah, especially duct tape. It leaves behind that residue. Right. This won't leave behind that ghosting. You can also use it to wax your eyebrows and that embarrassing upper lip hair. Nice. So it's very multi-use. Yeah, I guess. It's incredible stuff and it's powerful. So you've maybe seen this at the store. It comes in a small plastic tube that's shaped like a bolt. And we're going to be using this item on today's backpack hack of the week. So this is definitely a must-have piece of gear. So that was Tenacious Tape by a company called Gear Aid. Right, and they're the same people that do the Mirazyme odor eliminator. The last gear issue we want to cover in the Summit Gear Hospital is waterproofing and solar proofing. Some pieces of gear come with a durable water repellent coating, or a DWR. That tends to kind of fade or lose its effectiveness over time. Some pieces of gear really never come waterproofed in the first place, but it would be really nice to have them be waterproof. And then there's the sun. You know, I think one of the biggest crimes that can happen to your tent is you use it on a backpacking trip, you bring it home, and you want to set it up out in the backyard to let it dry out. But, you know, you're busy, and so you leave it up a day or two in the backyard, and the sun is just beating down on it. 
And that tent just aged more in your backyard than it ever did on a week of backpacking. And that's because of the UV radiation coming from the sun. So it's like sending your tent to a tanning salon. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's not good. (laughs) Just in case there was any confusion about that. Right. Sending your tent to a tanning salon is bad. But we found a really great spray-on solar proofing. And not only does it solar proof, but it also waterproofs your gear. And this is called Nikwax Tent and Gear Solar Proof. It's a UV blocker, and you can use it on all synthetic textiles. And because it comes in a spray bottle, it's super simple to use. When we put it on our tents, we just set up all of our tents along with the rain flies and then just went around and sprayed all of them. And when we bought these three new tents last year, I would not even have thought of spraying something on to protect them. But because of all the research that you were doing, you had discovered that Nick Wax makes this product that will not only waterproof, but also help protect against the sun. And so I'm glad that we've got that sprayed on all of our tents. And we'll probably need to reapply it occasionally, but it's going to extend the life of those tents dramatically. Well, that was a lot of information packed into the Summit Gear Hospital today. I mean, everything from the horrible smells to the punctures to the zipper fails, to the abrasions and scrapes, and then waterproofing and solarproofing. Great information. Uh, We mentioned several products that are really helpful in this area, so I'd really recommend checking out the show notes for this episode. Go to thefirst40miles.com slash 060 for episode 60 and grab all the show notes, all the links right there. For today's Backpack Hack of the Week, a DIY custom repair kit. So we told you about the Tenacious Tape Clear Repair Tape that GearAid makes. You're going to need one package of that along with a quarter ounce tube of seam grip. Now, I haven't heard of seam grip before. Is it kind of a, a glue? Something to, like if a seam comes apart, then this helps put it back together? Yeah, so you can use it on seams. You can use it for repairs. You can also use it if you have tears in things that you want to put a layer over. So yeah, you can use it, like say you have just a cut between two pieces of fabric. You can use this to join those two ends together. Cool. The next thing you'll need as part of this custom repair kit is a needle, like a sewing needle. I keep an embroidery needle in my kit because it's a little bit thicker than a traditional sewing needle. I feel like I can use it to poke through webbing or do some of those repairs that require a little more pressure on the needle. It also has a larger eye for easier threading, which is an issue when you're on the trail. Sometimes you don't always have the best lighting conditions. The next thing you'll need in this kit is some dental floss, and you can pre-thread your needle with that dental floss, about three to six feet of dental floss. And the last thing for this custom repair kit that you can put in the little repair tape container is a diaper pin. These are great because they don't rust, they're safer than safety pins, And they're a little bit larger than safety pins, too. So you'll have a really great instant fix with that safety pin. So the nice thing about this particular DIY repair kit is that everything that you're putting together fits inside of the GearAid Tenacious Tape Repair Tape container. Exactly. And one of the great things about this container is that it screws shut. And so you have virtually no risk of it being bumped open 
and then everything inside stays clean, safe, and ready to use. Cool. So again, you can find the list of components for this kit on our show notes right at the end of episode 60. And we'll leave you today with a little trail wisdom from our good friend on the trail, Tony Hiss. He said, people need immediate places to refresh, reinvent themselves. Our surroundings, built and natural alike, have an immediate and a continuing effect on the way we feel and act, and on our health and intelligence. These places have an impact on our sense of self, our sense of safety, the kind of work we get done, the ways we interact with other people, even our ability to function as citizens in a democracy. In short, the places where we spend our time affect the people we are and can become. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you liked this podcast, follow us on Facebook and Twitter or review us on iTunes. We'll see you next time on The First 40 Miles. Recently, we switched from a large, it was a year ago. Oh, man, where does the time go? <laughs> it was a while ago, huh? I like the dance that went with that. It's <laughs> the thinking dance. <laughs> we are doing something a little bit different. Did it, did it, it. Okay. <laughs> While well, it's up in the backyard or in your family room, you can spray this on be kind of weird to spray it in your family room. You'd end up with waterproof, solar-proofed carpet.